Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good afternoon. I'm Patty Rising. I'm Jim Taylor in for Jeff Bell. The first passengers are off of the Grand Princess cruise ship. It remains docked at the Port of Oakland, where it will be for another day or so. Santa Clara County says a resident has died from COVID-19. We're updating all things coronavirus now. We've got team coverage. It starts with KCBS's Kathy Novak, who joins us with the latest coronavirus news. Kathy? Jim, a woman in her 60s who contracted the coronavirus in the community and not through travel passed away in El Camino hospital this morning. She is the second person in California to die from COVID-19. The first was a Rockland man who had taken a cruise last month on the Grand Princess. That ship finally reached port today, docking in Oakland after 10 days at sea. KCBS reporter Doug Sovereign says it'll take at least two days to remove all the passengers, starting with those who have tested positive for the coronavirus. As the giant white cruise ship tied up at a remote dock in Oakland's Outer Harbor, passengers waved and cheered from their balconies. One ship shared this video with KCBS as those aboard reacted to truckers at the port honking in support. The passengers could be heard screaming, thank you, Oakland and Oakland rocks, and saying, this is so exciting, I have chills. We hope those chills are not from COVID-19. 19 crew and two passengers have tested positive. They were the first ones off the ship to go to undisclosed hospitals. The almost 1,000 passengers who live in California come next, going to two military bases for 14 days of quarantine. It'll take two more days to remove the balance of the passengers and fly them out of California. Lucia Lee came here to try to see a friend from San Francisco who's on on the ship. I feel hurt for all these people because, you know, it's not their fault, but they have to go through this. It's scary. Needless to say, friends and family trying to come meet the ship being kept far, far away. Vice President Pence said 25 children on board the ship were found to be healthy. The advice from the authorities is that people over the age of 60 and especially over the age of 80 are most at risk. Here's Surgeon General Jerome Adams. If you are a child or young adult, you're more likely to uh, die from the flu if you get it, then you are to die from coronavirus. So there is something about being young that is protective. Still, all Americans are being told to take precautions, wash your hands, avoid large gatherings. But does the coronavirus mean fewer commuters on public transit? KCBS's Megan Goldsby asked some San Francisco BART riders and joins us live to report what she's been hearing. Megan. Kathy, I talked to Roberto. He commutes to the city all the way from Sacramento and tells me he has seen a change. There is fewer riders in the morning, so usually I'm coming from Richmond to Montgomery. Like at, uh, 
7.50. I'm, I've been noticing a lot, a lot less riders coming in at the time. Alicia Trost, who speaks for BART, has the numbers to back that up. Ridership has dipped. Uh, we looked at the ridership from last week, and it was down 8% compared to the previous week. So we know as more people are working from home, uh, we are having fewer riders. BART is sanitizing its trains, she says, and adding extra cleaning rounds. AC Transit and Muni have told us the same, with the SFMTA saying high-touch services are getting cleaned every four hours in Muni stations right now. That's great, says John, but his goal when he rides BART is to try to not touch anything anyway. Yeah, just being you know, cautious on what you grab, and then, especially with uh, public transportation, you just try to avoid seats For more on the coronavirus across the Bay Area, we go back to the News Center and reporter Kathy Novak. Thanks, Megan. And UC Berkeley has suspended most in-person classes. The San Francisco Public Library has canceled its public programs, classes, and events, though the libraries themselves remain open. Handy, of course, to have access to books if you're staying home. Kathy Novak, KCBS. As homeless encampments continue to expand in cities across the Bay Area, so too do incidents of street lights being tampered with people illegally plugging into power. Maybe you've seen some of those cords stretching down the street. Part one of our series, Street Juice, KCBS's Matt Bigler, takes us to one such encampment in Oakland where the homeless are hungry hungry for electricity. Homeless encampments may be off the grid, but that doesn't mean they aren't getting electricity. Along the BART tracks near East 12th Street in Oakland, there's a growing shantytown where someone has opened up sidewalk electrical panels and jerry-rigged several extension cords that disappear into the maze of tents and shacks. I'm following one of these extension cords, which is on the sidewalk, and it's leading to a refrigerator, which is right here on the sidewalk. Let's see if it's plugged in. That full-size fridge didn't seem to be working, but there was a second one not far away. I'm going to open up the fridge here and see if there's anything inside. Whoa! There's some celery that looks rotten and a bowl of some fruit and potatoes, but I don't think I'd want to eat any of that. Knock, knock. No one at the camp wanted to take responsibility for the makeshift electrical system. I I don't know about any of that, sir. I really don't. I don't know what to tell you. Ask the people that the fridge is in front of, ask them. This woman did admit to using some of the stolen power. Are you getting electricity over here? Yeah. How does that work? With the cords that go to the poles. What do you use them for? Electricity. I know, but what are you charging? Um, light, whatever we need for electricity. All of this is not only illegal, it's also very hazardous. The city has cut power to some of the hacked street lights, affecting traffic safety. But Brent Ship, who lives at a nearby homeless encampment, defends the practice. In my eyes, you do what you got to do to survive out here. Uh, it is dangerous. It's just 220 volts. It will kill you in a heartbeat. Tomorrow, we'll tell you about a homeless encampment in Berkeley that's generating its own juice. So we have five hooked up 250-watt solar panels. That's 1,250 watts. Matt Bigler, KCBS. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts. And stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio.